Everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. be calling this the save the words that dc fans have been waiting to hear since 1974 the washington capitals are the 2018 stanley cup champions Welcome, everyone, to the Huddle Up Podcast. And the only thing else I got to say is, how about them, Cowboys? Yeah! 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 Hello, everyone. Welcome to Huddle Up Podcast here on a Tuesday night, September the 17th, 2019. And we are live here on our Facebook page. We hope you're joining us there or on our podcast feed on Apple Podcasts, Android, and everything else. We have a lot to talk about this week, including the best and the worst, uh, injuries galore, and the showdown in Athens. But first, our show is brought to you by Alicia's Pillows and Things on NGSC Sports. If you're decorating your home, you want it to reflect your tastes and your likes, so why not let Alicia's Pillows and Things hook you up? They feature pillows of all sizes, stools, and more with your favorite sports teams and characters and much more. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order. We couldn't do this show without our uh, without our co-host Dave, so let's get him in here with us. Dave, how you doing this week? Jimmy Jam, we're doing pretty good here. Uh, we actually got uh, some college football games to talk about that actually warrant some airtime. So this is kind of a an odd feeling after uh, last <laughs> week's abysmal display of something. Yeah, no doubt. Last week's uh, last week's schedule, although it did provide for some close games. I know the uh, the Penn State pick game was close. Uh, Florida Kentucky was close there for a little while, and and, and Florida pulled away. Uh, at the very end, but there were some interesting outcomes and some teams that uh, may appear somewhat as kind of a failure at this point. I'm looking at you, Chip Kelly. I'm looking at you, UCLA. Um, but, you know, it, it's... So, while you're going on that failure subject, how does Michigan State lose to Arizona State when they outgained them 400 and change to 200 and change? <laughs> That's an absurd win for Arizona State. Just throwing that out there. Hey, hey, you know, uh, you know what Herm Edwards always says: you play to win the game, and that's exactly 
uh, what they did uh, on Saturday. But yeah, it's... You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Um, and that's exactly what Arizona State did. But yeah, it, sometimes it uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense, Dave, what, uh, what, what some of these outcomes are and what some of these outcomes do. But that's that's why we're here for all of it um and if for those uh while what... we're while we're talking about looking ahead here i gotta gotta throw this one out there for you too jim sure sure what do you set the over under at in a couple of weeks when uh arizona state meets cal neither team has a competent offense and their defenses are both top 20 um they literally might not get the 21 points i was total. gonna i was gonna say somewhere around what 20 23 maybe 24 something like that um yeah that's I wouldn't I wouldn't put it out of the realm of possibility I mean what what the final was what what was the final in the Michigan State was it like 13 10 7 yeah I was gonna say I know Sparty didn't didn't even get 10 I couldn't remember what Arizona State had so yeah that's uh certainly in the realm of possibility heck you might be able to play the under at 15 on that game but uh Obviously, you know, that may be one of those ones we kind of just stare at and, and make a fun prediction on, even though obviously it won't be a, a top 25 matchup when we get there. Um, but, uh, Dave, we want to remind everyone if they're watching on the live video, give it a like and a share. Get uh, as many people in here and, and interacting with us as possible. Um, and uh, we did do a, a question of the week this week, which we're not going to do one every week. But, um, you know, there was obviously in, in college football, there's a lot of bad games, but some interesting games in in the NFL this past weekend, and um, I, I think it warranted this one, and I threw it up there. Which team, uh, college or pro, showed the best, and which team showed the worst this weekend? Um, Andrew, although, I mean, generally we are more of a football podcast, obviously. He took it the baseball route, and he said the Atlanta Braves were showed the best this past weekend. The worst, the Miami Dolphins slash ACC. Um, and then, uh, and then you put yours there and I'll leave you, uh, to answer that. Um, actually you answered on both Facebook and Twitter. So, uh, I'm not sure which one is your, uh, is your final answer for taking a quote out of the, uh, who wants to be a millionaire. Um, I mean, my, I, I don't know who the best is. Like, I mean, people could say new England just cause they threw up a lot of points or, uh, but you know, and, but obviously you're playing what, what I have is my worst and that's the Miami dolphins, but, um, they have a point differential of 74 points through two weeks. That's nuts, man. Um, but I, you know, if I had to give, if I had to give a best and, and unfortunately because of the, the week college slate, none of them are going to fall in, in college football. Um, my best probably I think was the Rams. Um, not that I think that the, the, the saints are, are very good, but you know, the saints had a date circled on their calendar, you know, since the opponents came out, not even the schedule. Like they knew, you know, at some point we're playing the Los Angeles Rams and, and, and that's the game that they wanted. You know, we alluded to it last week that the, the saints were, you know, just all systems go on this game and the Rams just took it to him. And, and I know, you know, you had the situation with the, uh, the, the, the blown call on the fumble, uh, the blown whistle. Um, but it, it didn't matter. Like it, that, that, that's inconsequential. That just means you lose by less, you know, the saints had a date focus on their calendar and they, they couldn't even get the job then. 
uh, because the Rams were that good. So um, my best Rams, my worst was the uh, Miami Dolphins. Uh, what say you, Dave? Yeah, so I think the I, I think I have to go with the worst being the ACC, and they just look like absolute dog shit this weekend. I sure. mean, Georgia Tech got beat straight up. Um, uh, Virginia almost lost. Tech didn't look that good. Florida State, Florida State, Florida Stated. I guess is that still <laughs> a good terminology? Well, I think um, it's a verb now. Well, I think it's an official verb recognized by Merriam-Webster. All right, this is a sports podcast. We're not going down that route yet. <laughs> um, but uh, my, Miami, Miami actually looked decent, but they didn't play anyone. Um, Syracuse gave uh, Clemson a slight scare, um, but Syracuse is dog shit this year. Um, Clemson should have blown them out a lot more, but um, – Maryland threw the ball a ton on Syracuse the week before, and then Clemson comes in and tries to run the ball. What the hell are you doing? You just watched Maryland, who, keep in mind, scored 12 or 14 points against Temple. Yeah, I was going to I was gonna say reality bit, reality bit them hard this week. It did. But um, you also had uh, um, Kentucky and Florida play, and Florida won, but they had a fluke late. First off, I got to go on a little gripe rant here. But sure, if sure. you're up one, if you're up one and you have third and six and you get a first down with 40 seconds left and the opponent has no timeouts, yep. you get the first down and you fall down. Yes. You win the game that way. You score, it means your opponent gets the ball back and has a chance to win the game and tie. You literally hurt your team by scoring a touchdown there idiot but <laughs> completely changing gears again because it's how my mind works here's a, here's a true fact for you this weekend jim with how bad the acc looks 10 of the 32 starting quarterbacks in the nfl are from the acc wow so i mean obviously what what's the net do you know the next closest conference because i assume that's the highest like I, I, I would, I would think it has to be the highest. Um, I would guess, and again, it's a pure guess with Mason Rudolph starting now that you you got three for the Big Twelve right there. Um, I would guess that that would be the next one, but yeah, that's that, I have no idea. Yeah, that that that'd be something to do a little research on. But yeah, that's that's a wild number, ten of thirty-two. 10 is just insane. Yeah, that's 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 ridiculous, and you you know you think. You know, obviously, in a, in a couple of years, you're you're going to have another one coming out. Coming out. Um, yeah, that's ten out of thirty-two. Wow, um, that just uh, it was on Twitter, so it must be true. Well, of course, nothing has ever been put on Twitter that is untrue. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, there's rumors. Obviously, Penn State survived the scare uh, with Pitt there. Um, you know, that, that kind of, you know, and like I said, you, UCLA, um, I don't know. I don't know what was more embarrassing. The, 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 the loss, the fact that you're now and three or the fact that, um, the only people in the Rose bowl on Saturday were Oklahoma fans. Um, you know, that, that, that was absolutely depressing. And I don't know if it's, I don't think it's all chip Kelly. I think that, that, 
that school has been trending downward in, in college football here for um, quite a while. But, you know, it's, you know, that's, that's kind of depressing. And I know UCLA is more traditionally a basketball school, but still to, 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 I mean, that, that's a recognizable uniform. That's a recognizable logo. That's a recognizable stadium. And, and, and to see what, what that program and that fan base and everything has become is, is pretty sad. I, I don't know if Chip Kelly will last beyond this year and, and if it's just they're just going to whitewash the experience or, or how you recover. But, I mean, that was just an absolutely brutal showing. Yeah, and I I, uh, I agree with you. And uh, just a, a state of reference here, our uh, caller that calls in once in a while, Eagles Jim, is out at the Washington State-UCLA game this week. And I told him, then he should bet UCLA at plus 18 and a half so he can be mad in the first quarter with me. But um, we'll see what happens. Um, but the other thing, uh, I, I've heard a lot of chatter, and you're kind of uh, barking up this tree too, is related to Chip Kelly. And Chip's – so I don't know that he's the head coach and he's going to get a lot of the blame. There, there's no doubt about that. But I don't know that you can put a lot of this on Chip. Uh, given you you know coach, you know Chip's background – and he's in what year two now, or is this year three? I can't remember. Uh, I think this is only. I think year. it's year two, but I could be wrong. I think it's only but, year um, two. Yeah. The the thing to remember with Chip's program and the way he needs to run this is he needs three years minimum so that he can start getting his recruits to come in that fit the style of football he wants to play. So is he help? I mean, it, it'd be like trying to. To, to run a Pete Carroll offense with um, Patrick Mahomes as your quarterback. Sure. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So it, it, is he to blame? Yes, he's the head coach. But is this put a put a tombstone in, in, his, in him here? No, I don't think it's that severe. But I think he's going to be on a short leash in year three and year four if he makes it that long. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, that's something that that is kind of this – you know, case study for lack of a better, for better terms in, in college football in general is, is the, um, is how quickly schools and teams, um, you know, change the, the, the head coach. And, and I understand that that's the easiest, uh, you know, the easiest person to blame, the easiest job to blame. And, um, but you know, there's there is something to be said for for giving things time to play out because you know it does take time to get your recruits in there. Not only to get your recruits in there, but also to get your recruits, um, you know, reps and and become upperclassmen. Because you know, even when your recruits come in as as freshmen, you know, it's going to take time for them to you know change from from the high school athlete to the college athlete and really settle in and. You know, and and you know, there was a lot of Notre Dame fans when when Brian Kelly went four and eight a few years ago that were were calling for his head, and and the, you know the program has gotten a lot better, you know, since he made a few personnel changes, but has has you know really been been working at uh, that program a little bit. He's in year ten, and you know they 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 look pretty darn good. Now, obviously, we're going to find out a lot more about him on Saturday, but. You know, you need to give coaches a little bit of time, especially, 
you know, if they come into a program that's really been decimated. Chip Kelly comes into a program that was really decimated. Brian Kelly came into one that was decimated. Jim Harbaugh came into one that was decimated. There's a lot of coaches that come into programs that are are decimated. Like, you know, the new guy at Ohio State, he comes into a program that, that that's pretty pretty darn turnkey ready to go. Um and and there's others, you know, uh, across the country. So, you know, every every school's different, every situation's different. So, the idea that, you know, Chip Kelly should be fired this year or even next year probably is a little bit premature, but um, you know, college football obviously is big business and when you see the the Rose Bowl stadium look like it's uh, you know, a, a scrimmage game in an empty uh, you know, an empty stadium, that that's that's not a good sign for the uh, Chip Kelly tenure, but we'll see how that uh, plays out uh, through the course of this year. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're on the spot there, and uh, there's just a lot of interesting things to see how it plays out. The one, uh, kind of jumping back to the NFL here, the one thing that, uh, um, and this is all we're talking about Thursday night football this week, for the record, um, but the one thing <laughs> that the announcers brought up very well during that uh, Carolina-Tampa Bay contest, I won't even call it a game, but contest, was that uh, one of the big motivators with Bruce Arians coming back is that he had his whole staff available so that it wasn't two to three years lost trying to convince his staff and waiting for them to free up and that type of thing. But he had almost his whole staff available that he could jump right in with. Right. Um, Bulls included. So I think that that was, that's a key point there too, though, that Kelly might not even have his coordinators in place that he wants yet. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, you know, and, and sometimes it's not the right coordinator. I mean, you know, there's, there's been, you know, case in point, you know, like going back to, to the one I'm most familiar with, you know, Brian Kelly brought guys with him from Cincinnati and, you know, over the course of, you know, two, three, four years, you know, that, that staff got an overhaul and, and they've been a lot better because of it. So, you know, just because it worked at Oregon doesn't mean it's going to work at UCLA. Just because it worked at Stanford doesn't mean it's going to work at Michigan. Just because it worked at Cincinnati doesn't mean it's going to work at Notre Dame. So, um, again, and I think that the, the point that has to be hammered home is um, coaches, I think, need to need to have their fair shake. And, and um, some schools let it happen. Some schools don't. It depends, you know, how uh, how desperate the situation is how loud the boosters are, how loud the fan base is, um, you know, it, it all plays into it. But uh, Which boosters they are. Right, exactly, you know, and, and as as we know with recruiting, as we know with, with everything in, in college sports, unfortunately, it, it is all about money. So, um, you know, that, that, that speaks uh, volumes as well um, in, in terms of college football. So let's, speaking of college football, jump in we got three games Dave this weekend on the uh top 25 head-to-head slate uh starting at high noon on Saturday on Fox number 11 Michigan goes into number 13 with Wisconsin who is a three and a half point home favorite the over under on this one is 43 and a half um I I think this is 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 probably one of the harder games at least in the September slate that, that, that we have to call um, one, because it's one of the, the first real challenging games uh, that that's going to be contested for us. But um, even over the next couple of weeks, just because, you know, obviously the last time we saw Michigan, they won in double overtime 
um, versus Army. And, and you know, they didn't have the, the, the best of showings against uh, Middle Tennessee State in week one. And I, I still don't know totally what we know about Wisconsin either. So, um, you know, this this is a challenging game to predict. Um, in terms of the over under number, I, I, I think I I think I like the under. I think both teams might try to kind of play traditional Big Ten football where you, you kind of grind it out, um, control the clock and let your defense do the work. Uh, because I think te- both teams are, are fairly defensively sound. Um, and, and so then it, then it comes down to, you know, who, who gets the win and, and I, you know, I hope my wife's not listening yet, but, uh, I, I think I'm going to take Wisconsin in this one just because of, and I, and I, and I, and I think the army game is a bit of an anomaly because you see that with a lot of, um, of the, the academies when they play, uh, opponents that aren't used to playing them, but. I, I gotta go off what we've seen last, despite your your famous saying, and I, I I think there's just there's a lot of issues with Michigan, and they they the the biggest of them starts with Shea Patterson, and depending how loyal Harbaugh wants to be with him, I'm gonna give the edge to Wisconsin this weekend. So I, I'm gonna go back to one of my uh, famous sayings here that you're never as good as you are last week or as bad as you were last week. Well, neither team played last week, so this is kind of interesting aspect that you have to kind of factor in here too. That both teams are coming off of buys, um, granted college football buys. Um, I think these bye weeks have an extremely huge advantage to Michigan here. Um, Michigan kind of got two games under their their belt under the new offensive coordinator. Saw how things didn't work. They had time to draw some different things up, whereas Wisconsin was kind of clicking on all cylinders. Um, in their first two games and looked really good. Um, in fact, I don't think they've allowed any points yet this year. So um, the the other thing that's kind of interesting on this is the, the look-ahead line had Michigan as about um, three to three-and-a-half point favorites. That line has now flipped that Wisconsin is now three, three-and-a-half. I think I saw a loose four sitting around there too. So um, huge line movement based off of two games. Right. Um, now, granted, I think there's some there's some sense to that because realistically speaking, you had to you had to boost Wisconsin a little bit in your ratings based on how they played, and realistically speaking, you had to decrease Michigan in your ratings some. But are they really seven point different than what we thought they were three weeks ago? Um, my answer is no, they're they're not. But the question at hand is still who who's going to win and. Um, just just let it be known, Dana, that I'm on your side still. So um, <laughs> we're going with we're going with Captain Khaki, and <laughs> Jim will not be Jim will not be allowed to sleep on my couch when he's kicked out of the house on that one. Um, hopefully, it's one of those famous times where I'm I'm 100 wrong. Um, but uh, I said what I said, and I got I got to live with it now. Uh, let's move to Dana, that's a week. Co- that's a week, week cover up effort. You can see through that. <laughs> let's move to three thirty on uh, CBS. Number eight Auburn at uh, number seventeen Texas A and M. Who and and correct me if I'm wrong here. Texas A and M four point favorite uh, over under forty eight on that one. Um, is that is that Texas A and M is favored here? 
something smells fishy. Yeah, that 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 there's there's something there's something amiss here. Um, I, I I don't I don't know that I necessarily love this Auburn team. Um, and 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 think they're anything to super write home about, but um, I I don't think Texas A and M is, is that either. And um, you know Jimbo Fisher, you know he 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 can and has had some success coaching in big games, obviously at Florida State. But um, I I don't care that it's at Texas A and M. I don't care that it's um you know in 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 front of that uh, the twelfth man um. I think Auburn wins this one straight out, um, but uh, I, I think I'm I think I'm going to take the over on this one. I you know it, it's it, it's always a hard thing to predict with with SEC games uh, because you know sometimes you'll get that nine to six defensive battle, and then sometimes you'll you know you'll have to double check and see if you're not playing and not not watching a Big Twelve game. Um, so I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take Auburn to win. Um, I'm not not really super confident with either of those, but uh, I just, regardless of them being actual favorite, I don't I don't like Texas A and M. I disagree. I'm taking Texas A and M. Uh, really like this Kellen Mond kid throwing the ball. He actually uh, looked pretty good the last uh, I don't know twenty ish minutes against. Uh, um, Clemson. So I think he's gonna be able to carry some of that over. Um, contrary on the other side. Uh, Oh, Nix has been a pretty uh, pretty disappointing fellow so far this year. He had, like, two really good drives against Oregon, and that was about the extent of it. And uh, one of those two good drives is bad at, bailed out on a uh, terrible throw that the wide receiver went and got the ball to make it look a lot better than it was. So um, Texas A&M straight up, Texas A&M laying the points, and uh, we're going to play the under as well. Uh, Texas A&M wins this by double digits. And Jim still sleeps on the couch for the Wisconsin pick. <laughs> Um, as long as the dog's with me, I'm fine. Yeah. Um, let's move to the big one. Obviously game days here is the biggest game of the weekend. One of the biggest games of the early slate, number seven, Notre Dame at number three, Georgia, who is a last I checked 13 and a half point favorite. Uh, the 56, 56 is the over under on this one. That is eight o'clock on CBS. Um, I think that the 13 and a half number is a little bit of a, a little disrespectful to Notre Dame. Um, I'm not going to try and sit here and pretend that Notre Dame's a better team um, and, and, and should win on Saturday. Uh, but, you know, I, two years ago, I think we were, we were talking a, a, a similar discussion um, about Notre Dame and Georgia. And I get it was in South Bend. But that game was twenty to nineteen, and and you know Notre Dame had a few opportunities to win that game, and and didn't. And I think Notre Dame's a better team now than they were then. I, same right. I think Georgia's a better team now um, than they were then. So I'm going to take Notre Dame with the points because I I don't think that this is going to be um, you know a double digit win either way. Um, I I do think Georgia's going to win this game. Notre Dame can win it, but I, I I just don't think they will. I think the the you know the the environment at Georgia the the, the crowd's going to be hard to work against, especially because I think Georgia is obviously going to be up for for a, at least a portion of this game, especially if I'm predicting them to win. 
Um, but I'm taking the under on this one. I think th- this game is going to be very similar uh, to that game in South Bend. I think both defenses um, are really good and, and are going to be able to at least contain uh, the offenses. I like the way Notre Dame, albeit against New Mexico, was was tackling and, and getting in their lanes a little bit better um, this past Saturday. So um, Georgia wins. I like Notre Dame with the points, though, and I'm going to take the under. Yeah, I don't like that pick. I'm taking Georgia. Georgia wins this by three touchdowns. Um, Notre Dame is vastly overrated. They, they don't have a, a sound quarterback, in my opinion. They don't have a coach. Uh, this is the, the unraveling of Notre Dame. Uh, the beginning threads of the ball, starting the, the yarn ball starting to roll. So uh, I, I hope you're able to make it to the third quarter in the game before the, the remote goes through it because it's going to be an ugly one. Um, but the one, the one piece of positive news for you there, Jim, is I will not be razzing you the entire first half because I will be flying out west. So um, <laughs> the phone won't go through the TV till midway through the third quarter. But um, I have this one, uh, Georgia, and Georgia pretty big, and I like the over. Georgia might get to the total themselves. Wow. Uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we will see. Uh Let's move. Another 0 3 week for Jim in college. <laughs> um, let's move to the NFL. And, and looking back at week two, um, I think the biggest story, there's there's two really oh, big stories. One more here, Jim. What's that? Just want to just wanna throw out here um, Friday night, you got a really interesting uh, game and in spot with uh, Utah playing at uh, USC here. Um, obviously, you know, my love on Utah and everything, but. Uh, this this USC line sitting at about four uh, is pretty ripe to get hit, and it, it, it's a little hedge on Utah for the year. But uh, man, this line just stinks too. So um, you, you, you got a pretty good game, though. It should be an absolute slugfest out west here on uh, Friday night. So uh, college football fans, make sure you got that turned on. Man, I don't think it's going to be a slugfest. I think U- Utah is going to beat them mercilessly. I think USC is a, a, a dead fish that's washed up on the on the beach, but um, so they beat Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, the NFL season, uh, obviously, from week two. Um, I think the two biggest stories are uh, number one injuries. We've seen now Drew Brees is out uh, for around six weeks, but maybe more, depending how that ligament heals up. Your Big Ben done for the year. Uh, Cam Newton banged up, didn't practice today, um, and obviously he did not uh, look look right uh, on a day that I guess we can't mention Thursday. Um, uh, you know, it's and 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 you know, there's a lot of guys beat up. The Eagles dealing with a lot of injuries. Is Sean Jackson out for a few weeks? A um, couple guys in their defense out for the year. I mean, it's it's week two, and there's a lot of teams that are that are dealing with some stuff, and then. Of course, the uh, the big news earlier today that um, Daniel Jones is now the starting quarterback for the, for the New York Giants. Um, so the Eli era, barring injury to Daniel Jones, um, is over in in New York, and I think it's a few years too late. But you know, with with all of the teams that are dealing with these quarterback injuries and and injuries across the board. Um, you know, is is this, and I don't think it happens this year because I think the, the Giants have to have a fallback in case Jones gets hurt. 
Like, is is Eli Manning going to actually retire? Do you see him going somewhere else after this year? But but I I think this is the smartest play for the Giants. You know, I think their their offense sets up for for Daniel Jones much better. Um, I think they sh- I think they should have let Eli go a year ago, two years ago. Um, but you know, loyalty can sometimes kill you. Um, so, you know, I'm going to miss Eli face when he uh, does stupid, stupid things against my Cowboys and quite frankly, everybody else. I think, uh, I I think what's going to happen is the Jets are going to trade for him because you get to play the Patriots twice a year. (laughs) (laughs) But here, here's the real and, and serious question regarding Eli. Does he play again? Who knows? Who cares? Won't matter. He's not that good. Um, is Eli Manning a Hall of Fame quarterback? No. I don't think he is. I think he will get in. I think because he's a Manning and he has two rings. But if you look at if you look at numbers, and I know he has a lot of yards, but he, you know, he's a 500 he's a he's a 500 quarterback in terms of record. Um he has a 7-yard per pass average um and you know I, I i just yes he's had some clutch moments yes he took teams you know deep into the playoffs or or, or winning super bowls but you know i and i i think really the recency bias if, if that's what we want to call it for eli manning's career here at the end i think he did more damage to himself than he did any help. Like if he would have walked away two years ago, he probably has a stronger case to me. But I don't think Eli Eli Manning a, it was a good quarterback and was great in some moments that he needed to be. But I, I just I really don't think he's a, he's a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. I, I don't really have an opinion on this. I mean, I my my argument for him is the clutchness and he's the only one to beat Brady in two Super Bowls, I believe <laughs> is the stat on it too. Um yes, too. But you look at his like as you're saying the regular season stats and all that, they they aren't there. Um so I mean I I see it both ways and I'm not trying to to, to flake out of an argument here because I'll argue anything. But I, I think the thing that's gonna hurt Eli just as much as anything is the era he's in where it was so pass heavy and He's thrown with a flaccid wrist type of thing, and it's just the the two Super Bowls can't over overshadow over overshadow uh, mediocre quarterback play. And I mean, he made some insane passes and stuff, but Chad Dilfer has a Super Bowl. <laughs> right. Joe Flacco is a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Brad I Johnson, mean, he, Super Bowl winning quarterback. Dak Pret, never mind. Uh, hey. That, at least he's still playing. Cam Newton. Um, two can play that she one. Dress, she, she dresses nice. <laughs> two can play that game. Um, but yeah, like and and like I said, would it surprise me if he gets in? No, because he is a Manning and uh, he has two rings. But to me, you know, rings shouldn't get you in the hall. But I, I, I saw a pretty funny meme. It said, uh, you know, like not all heroes wear capes and it showed, you know, Eli face, but it said, you know, this guy prevented us from having eight Patriots Super Bowl wins. So 
Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what uh, what what happens here with Eli Manning. Um, none of their obviously, you know, barring injury, he's done for the year, um, uh, or barring a trade. Um, and then obviously, you know, injuries are going to have an impact on uh, on games and teams moving forward to this week. And then let's jump into the games. the The big five that I picked here, Dave. Before we, before we hop into the, uh, games, Jim, one one question we were kind of pondering at work, in addition to the Eli being a uh, Hall of Fame quarterback or not, but okay. Um, do you think the lack of play in preseason has hurt or attributed to some of these injuries? Um, reason and, and methodology behind a lot of this is that there's a lot of these quarterbacks that didn't play in the preseason. Granted, most of them are behind pretty bad offensive lines, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that didn't play this preseason that are hurt or other players that didn't play this preseason are hurt, a.k.a. the whole Eagles team. <laughs> Um, Do you think it contributed to it? I mean, in my opinion, and I'll give you some time to, to formulate some bullshit answer, but um, my opinion is that it contributed to it, but there's just a lot of freak injuries right now. I mean, how do you, how do you, uh, pre- how does preseason prevent Drew Brees' thumb from exploding on a helmet or a hand or whatever it was? Um, Ben's elbow just gave out because he's 62 and he's not Tom Brady. <laughs> so, I mean, I think it's, I think it's kind of a combination, but there's just been some some really weird uh, uh, freak injuries. I mean, Big Ben's likely having um, Tommy John surgery. Right. The last quarterback to have Tommy John surgery, here's a nugget for you, was Jake DeLome in 2007. Since 2017, there's been 26 MLB pitchers that have had Tommy John surgery. So quite different throwing motions that um, don't really inhibit you Tommy John-wise, but – just an interesting factoid that it's just like a, it's a once a decade injury. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm no, you know, I'm not a a trainer. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not a physician's assistant or anything. So, so I'm not able to bring, you know, any true, you know, expert opinion onto this, but there, there is something to be said for preseason work because, you know, yes, these guys are in, you know, great shape athletically, but there's a difference between being fit and being NFL ready. Um, you know, so you can come into camp and, and, you know, you can, you can be in great shape, but you're, you know, you're not necessarily ready for the game yet. Um, so yeah, in some cases, the, the, you know, extreme, uh, lack of playing by, by a lot of the stars in the NFL, um, I think have contributed somewhat to this rash of injuries that we've seen over the first couple of weeks. Um, I also think it's contributed to the, some of the terrible games we've seen over the first uh, the first two weeks because teams are just now really getting into the swing of it. So, you know, I, I, not that I necessarily think we need to have more NFL games, but if, if you're going to have two preseason games that are going to be more engaged by the starters – and then 18 regular season games that, that everybody's bought into, um, maybe that'll make the product a little bit better uh, because the first two weeks over overall have not been great. Um, but, yeah, you know, y- y- you can't prevent, you know, uh, by, by playing in the preseason, you can't prevent the elbow injury. You can't prevent what happened to Drew Brees. You know, you can't prevent what happened to Trevor Simeon last night in New York. Like, you can't prevent what happened to Sam Darnold getting mono. Like that doesn't happen. 
you know, that doesn't not happen if you play in the preseason, you know. So some injuries probably can be attributed to, you know, teams allowing their players to rest for the entire preseason. Others are just kind of freak things. So um, I, I, I do think there's probably a little bit to the fact that, that this year, more than I can remember, um, there was a lot of guys who did not play in the in the preseason, and and this is week two that we're seeing a lot of these injuries, not you know week seven, week nine, week thirteen, or or anything like that. So um, we'll, we'll see. You know, we're two days away from the start of week three. We'll see if this week brings us more of the same, and then you know maybe maybe that theory holds a little bit more water if if in week three you're getting the same volume or or more. Of, uh, of new injuries. Um, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's jump into games here, Dave. Uh, so all, all of them on Sunday, I picked two, uh, in the four twenty five slot three in the one o'clock slot. Um, cause once again, Thursday night football, not great. Uh, and I forget the, um, I forget the, the Sunday night and Monday games, but I just, they, they didn't they didn't look great on paper let me say that so let's start uh, in Indianapolis on Sunday at one o'clock you have the one in one Falcons visiting the one in one Colts who are a two-point home favorite the over under on this one is 46 and a half um I, the, the the Falcons are so overwhelmingly mediocre it is it is beyond uh you know beyond comprehension like the first week they looked like they didn't even know what a football was. This past week against the Eagles didn't look tremendous, but they did enough to win. Um, the Colts are are working on finding their new identity without their retired quarterback Andrew Luck, and and you know obviously they they found a win, they found a loss. So um, you know I, I like the Colts to win here, um, and being that they're, they're a two point favorite, I'm going to take the Colts with the points. Um, I, I'm going to take the slightest of over. Um, I, I think you have two offenses that can score. I think teams are going to start finding their pace a little bit. And, um, and I, and I, and I think we can see that in the dome here, um, in, in Indianapolis. So the Colts to win slightest of over. Well, you know, the, the Colts are my favorite team there in the, uh, the AFC South. So, um, just given our preseason prediction, I think that the Colts still could be potentially the best team in this division, even with Andrew Luck not there. Um, the interesting piece that I still can't figure out from this past week's games is are, are the Falcons good or are they gifted a game there from the Eagles based on the injuries? Now, with all that being said, I, I think you have to be extremely impressed with this Eagles team that they were even able to make that a game on Sunday night. Um, win or loss, you're down to your eighth wide receiver. It's pretty impressive that you're even still in the game. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to do some more digging on that. Um, but I, my, my gut instinct on this is that it's a letdown spot for Falcons traveling traveling uh north here to indianapolis uh so i think i'm going cold at the moment but um not real confident in that pick and i do like the over yeah and, and obviously you know because we you know are are doing these games and these predictions and everything on, on tuesday night there, there's 
by the time we you get around to this weekend, there's going to be maybe some injury news or things like that that are going to affect these numbers. So, um, obviously, you you know if you're if you're using this in any sort of professional manner, uh, you you may want to revisit these uh, the, these these odds uh, when you when you actually go to uh, finalize things. I do want to just kind of throw that one out there, so uh, you know nobody comes back and blames us. Uh, let's move to um, Denver. No, it's not Denver. It's uh, Kansas City. I forgot to I, – I, I mistyped something today or forgot to delete or change something. It is the 2-0 Ravens at the 2-0 Chiefs because I was like, wait, Broncos 2-0. That is clearly not correct. It is the uh, 2-0 Chiefs who are a six-and-a-half-point home favorite. Um, the over-under on this one, 55. Uh, 1 o'clock CBS – Look, the Ravens, um, you know, have have looked pretty good. Well, they looked really good week one. They uh, they did enough week two. Uh, the Chiefs have just been, you know, clicking on all cylinders, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so, not not that I don't think the Ravens can can continue to find success this season. I I, I just think that that their luck has run out. At least in the under into undefeated uh, undefeated spot here, I, I think Kansas City is going to win this one. I like Kansas City with the points. Um, I like the over though. I think both of these offenses have quick strike quick strike ability. Uh, the Chiefs very much so, but we've seen Hollywood Brown um, really is that kind of the home run play that that Lamar Jackson didn't have a year ago um, when he took over. So. Um, Chiefs to win, take the over, and uh, Chiefs with the points as well. I'm going with the Chiefs to win. Uh, the Ravens catching. I need the full seven here, and I'm going the under. Um, I think that this game is going to play out very similar to how the game played out last year when these two teams met. Um, Harbaugh is going to go in and know what he has to do here, that he's got to keep Mahomes on the sidelines. So, um, the Ravens are going to run the ball to hell right right here, and they're going to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball. Are they going to run the ball? And I, I, I think they're going to do that. Okay. Um, I, I, I just think that that's the way you're going to keep them off the field here. And, I, I mean, it worked last year. They probably should have beaten uh, Kansas City, in, in my opinion. But this this – this is the key to get by Kansas City. You got to keep Mahomes on the sideline here, and I don't think that that Kansas City defense is all that good. Um, I think that it's it's going to be exposed a little bit here, and quite frankly, again, it's early in the year still, so they're not in peak physical football shape here. So I think uh, that's going to help and assist with uh, hopefully the Ravens catching this cover here. All right, then let's move to Philadelphia on Sunday. Um, a, a surprising one oh and one Lions team as they beat the LA Chargers. We'll talk about them here in a second, but a uh, a surprise win for Detroit at home. They travel to the one and one Eagles, who are very beat up. A currently seven point home favorite. Forty six and a half is your over under. This one is on Fox at one o'clock. Um, you know the the, the there's a very low scoring game in Detroit. Saw the Lions pick up a surprising win over a Chargers team that, that you know, I think a lot of people, um, myself included, if you remember back to our uh, Super Bowl prediction, 
you know, I have the Chargers winning the whole entire AFC, so I was very shocked uh, to see them lose to the uh, Detroit Lions. Um, not that I think the Lions are any good. I think they're catching the Eagles on a really good week, though. I, I absolutely think that the seven number should move down um, because, yeah, full strength, the Eagles should win this game pretty handily, pretty easily. Um, I like the Lions to go into Philly and actually upset the Eagles here. Um, I don't even think Carson Wentz is at 100%. Not that you can ever say he's at 100%. Um, I'm going to take the under, though. I think the Eagles are, you know, especially without their home run threat. Deshaun Jackson out for two weeks. Wentz is beat up. Who knows what the the running backs are. The defense is a a little beat up. So um, I'm going to take the under. But uh, and 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 the Lions to uh, go into Philly and pull the upset. I, I like how you're thinking. I just think there's too much talent on this this Eagles team. I do like the the Lions to cover seven here, um, but I feel like Philly finds a way to win this game. Uh, I do agree with the under though as well that it's another one of these that you gotta you don't have wide receivers, so you gotta do what you can to uh, to kind of uh, forge forward here. But uh, I, I agree with a lot of the logic behind that. So well done, Jimmy. Feel like that's not a a, a a normal occurrence that we're in agreement here. Yeah, it it happens like once every two and a half weeks or so. So, uh, and then you're you're obviously not going to be with us next week. There will be a show, um, but you're gonna you're gonna have the week off there. You're gonna be out west. So, um, you know, we're probably not due. This may be our last time agreeing with each other till October. Um, but the, yeah, there's probably probably a real good chance at that. Uh, we'll be out west for a uh, conference. So. Um, podcast got to go second here, unfortunately. So, uh, Jim will, Jim will be flying solo next week. So I hope we have, uh, 16 callers, maybe myself included, depending on what's going on out <laughs> in Vegas. Um, but, uh, we'll, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to see what happens and, uh, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll have a, uh, guest co-host that we're working on lining up. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what we can do. Maybe an old familiar voice or, or one that, uh, hasn't actually joined us on, uh, on this version of the show, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. You know, people just have to pay, pay attention and tune in. Uh, let's move to 425 Sunday on CBS. You have the one in one Texans at the one in one LA chargers, a three point home favorite. Um, the over under on this one is 48. You know, the, the, the Texans and the Jaguars, you know, thank God that that game was the, I think the only game on the one o'clock hour this past week that was not on any TV at Buffalo Wild Wings. And why would it be? Um, it, it just brutal game for the Texans and, and Jaguars. Um, and again, the, the Chargers finding themselves in a, in a shocking loss to the uh, Detroit Lions. So I like the Chargers to kind of find themselves back at home this week. Um, so I'm going to take the Lions, or excuse me, with the the, the Chargers. They're gonna they're gonna cover this line. Um, I do like the over, though. I think that you know, although the the Chargers defense good, Texans defense pretty good. Um, these offenses, you know, can can score a lot of points, and I think both teams are going to try and do that this week after some poor showings, um, in uh, in week number two. So Chargers, they're going to win. I think they're going to win fairly big. Uh, so I'm going to take the Chargers in the over. This is a tough game for me. Um, the Chargers are very, very banged up. They've lost a, a couple defensive players uh, in the secondary. Uh, Hunter Henry's out and a couple other folks. Um, the Texans 
overachieved week one with the with the play against the Saints on a soft look-ahead spot for the Saints there. Um, strong situational spot for them. Um, and now you have week two coming where the Jaguars' uh, defensive line just ate up the Texans' line. So, metrically speaking here, the Chargers need to be able to get pressure, and they should uh, be in this game. But given their injuries and everything, I'm not not uh, overly convinced that they can do that. Um, and I'm not really sold on this Texans team. So I am leaning on the Chargers at the moment. Uh, for the podcast's sake, I'm going to go against whoever you picked, which I forgot already. <laughs> I picked the Chargers. Um, and then I'm going to pick the Texans. Uh, just hashtag fade Jim. Um, <laughs> but – uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the uh, the Texans I think I said and uh, I'm gonna take the under uh, just a, a a theory here that these two teams are gonna have some uh, issues and come back to reality a little bit um, I'm not I'm not too convinced either of these two teams uh, are all that good this year all right and then uh, our final game on the NFL slate here Dave is the uh, the Saints at one and one uh, at the at the Seahawks who are also one and one four and a half point. Home favorite, 44.5 is your over-under line, uh, 425 CBS. This is, a, this is one of those games you can flex two NFL, uh, NFC teams over to the uh, to the AFC network. So I assume this is going to be a Nance Romo call um, on this one if you get the flex. It's Teddy Bridgewater's team. Uh, Tony Romo back in Seattle. Back Memories. In, back in Seattle. We might have to take a few extra Advil that day, but uh, – or drink a few extra Coronas. Who knows? Um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's team now here for the for the next six weeks or so um, with the Saints. You know, he he looked okay. Um, he looked like Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know, we'll see if a, a week of practice can can improve him a little bit. But you know, you you come into a very difficult situation playing on the road at Seattle uh, with 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 a pretty talented uh, Seahawks team. Um, you know, I, I don't know if this totally kills the, the Saints season, but it, it, it hurts them. You know, I think the only way for them to get in the playoffs now is, is to win the South. Um, because, you know, I, and then that's if the South, if all the teams tank, I mean, the division does not look very good, um, right now. So, you know, I, I like Seattle to win. I like Seattle to cover. Uh, I'm actually going to take the under here. I, I don't, you know, the, the Saints didn't score a lot of points against the Rams. I don't see him scoring a lot against the Seahawks. But but in the same time, you know, the, the, the Seahawks offense has not looked its best through two games. So it's just a matter of when does that, when does that unit start to click, um, you know, at, 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 at full, uh, at full power. So uh, Saints, excuse me, Seahawks win. But I like the uh, I like the under. This game is is fascinating because it's a team that I'm really down on in the Seahawks, and a team that is very interesting that the market has now overreacted to, given the the fall off from Drew Brees to Teddy Bridgewater. So um, I don't think the Seahawks team is any good at all. I think they are trash. Um, and I cannot wait for a good spot to fade them. I don't know if it's this week or not. I really haven't decided. Um, but I would not be shocked with Teddy Bridgewater winning this game. Um, Seahawks, I'm picking the Saints. I'm picking the Saints straight up, and I'm picking the under. Uh, more of a fade of the Seahawks. But 
Um, the, the Seahawks were almost doubled up in total yards at home against Cincinnati. Um, Seahawks had 170 total yards for the game, should have lost the game. Um, so it's just bizarre. Um, this Seahawks team and, and they could be historically one of the worst three and O teams if they win this game. And I mean, they, they were outgamed, essentially doubled up by Andy Dalton. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger for over half of football, and then they're going to beat the Drew Breesless Saints. I am just licking my lips for a uh, possible spot of uh, a 3-0 Seahawks team in Week 4. I don't even know who they play, but huh, this could be fun. Um, all right, so that is going to round out the uh, the NFL slate here. Um, the The only other thing I have, Dave, and, and I wanted to touch on it, we, we are – uh, about two weeks away from the uh, from the NHL season officially starting, and, and we'll um, do NFL predictions in two weeks, which will be the uh, the eve of the uh, the NHL season. But um, obviously, as as Capitals fans, we know that uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov suspended for the first three games of the uh, of the NHL season because of uh, what the NHL calls quote inappropriate conduct. Um, that of course stemming from his positive cocaine test, which um, has got him suspended for four years from the IIHF and uh, playing for Team Russia um, based on a test earlier this summer. Um, you know, the the initial reaction I had was, you know, that I think it's, um, you know, I, I think it's a little kind of overstepping of the NHL to. Um, you know, suspend for something that isn't really on their watch. But, you know, I guess th- this this policy is very similar to like the NFL's, you know, personal conduct policy, which, which you know, you, you if you don't carry yourself in the, in the proper way, um, which, but in, in, in the grand scheme of things, it's three games out of an 82-game season. Now, you play the defending champion Blues, you def- you'd play a very good Islanders team, and you play the team that eliminated you in the playoffs last year, um, and and who has gotten better. So it, it's three very tough opponents um, that that the Kuzi is going to be sitting out uh, against. You know, so hopefully, you know, if the if the Caps go out of the gate one and two or zero oh and three, you know, hopefully he he realizes just how heavy of a mistake this was, and you know, we'll learn from it and and we'll be a better player, be a better person. And all of that because of it. So, um, really, to me, it's it's all about what Evgeny Kuznetsov chooses to do from here on out. Because the 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 leadership of the Washington Capitals has changed dramatically with Brooks Arpik retiring, Matt Niskin into Philadelphia. So you you have you know the you're one of the veterans on this team that that people are going to look up to. So th- this is kind of his moment to decide who he's going to be for the next. Um, you know, portion of his career here. So three games probably isn't going to hurt the Caps in the long run, but but it could be a uh, major life lesson for Kuzi. Yeah, my I, I agree with everything you said there, but uh, my, my interesting take on this is, number one, I hope uh, if there is a problem with Kuzi here that he gets the help he needs. Uh, sure, sure. Obviously, cocaine's some pretty uh, powerful stuff. You don't want to mess it in the wrong sense there. Um, but number two, I, my issue with the whole thing, I don't have an issue with the NHL stepping in, but if you're going to step in, step in. Like, this is Fair. trying to 
three three games is like um it's like ridiculous. Like either step in and give him ten, fifteen, twenty to it it hurts or stay the hell out of it. I mean the the kid's off is unable to represent his, his country for four years. So I mean he's gotten the punishment there. But if you're gonna punish him in the NHL, make it hurt. Like I mean he's a capital and everything, so it's one of ours, but um he like if you're gonna punish him, make it hurt. Like this is this is a cop out by the NHL so that they can say, Hey, we did something when they get some critics and something along those lines, but you really did nothing. I mean, I was I was shocked or I was not surprised when I saw the NHL NHL suspends Capitals forward Kuznetsov going across the bottom, and then it said three games, and I'm like, did they forget to put the zero at the end of it? <laughs> like, if you're gonna do something, do something. This is like, this you know, is this is like into, uh... to tattle on your uh, classmate, and you say, <laughs> oh, what happened? What happened? You know, I'm crying and all this, and <laughs> he flicked my arm. Yeah, it's like Alabama suspending a, a player for a quarter. You know, it's like, oh, cool, you. Kind of no, you didn't really discipline them at all. Yeah, so yeah, I mean that that's that's a that's a great point as well, Dave. Is you know what what exactly does a a you know one game or excuse me three game suspension really do? Um, you know, in the grand scheme of things. So, um, unless you have uh, anything to add, Dave, I think we're gonna we're gonna kind of wrap this thing up. No, Jim, we're uh, we're good. Uh, we'll catch everyone in two weeks. We we appreciate the continued support and interactions here uh, uh, with everything, and uh, happy to see the the views and the listens and everything keep growing. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to be here next week, uh, so hope you guys all call in and uh, pick up on the harassing of Jim for me. That'll be greatly appreciated. But uh, we'll try and post some uh, some plays out in Vegas here, and if uh, things get crazy with a good weekend, then uh, we might have some special giveaways on the show here. So. Uh, Stay tuned, folks. Stay tuned. Um, we'll catch everyone, though, in two weeks. Uh, until then, plays should be posted on uh, Ask Huddle Up Dave on Twitter. And uh, catch you all in a couple weeks. All right, Dave. We'll talk to you then, man. And, uh, and yeah, we will see who I can get to uh, co-host this thing next week. I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't know what happened to the computer here. I can't get my music to work for the end. But um, something happened to it. But, uh that's what uh, that's what happens when you go live, people. Uh, sometimes things can uh, can react poorly. Computer kind of wigged out on me, uh, but uh, yeah, uh, we will be live next week. Dave will not be with us. I will try to have a co-host. If not, you're just gonna have to hear my voice for a little bit, and uh, it may be a shorter show, so I don't blow my blow my voice out. But make sure you subscribe to us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Google Play, Stitcher, and all your uh, other podcast platforms. Follow along with our home network, NGSC Sports at NGSCSports.com. And the uh, sponsor of this show and NGSC Sports is Alicia's Pillows and Things. They have a bunch of home decor and much more pillows, stools, and tons of merchandise with uh, teams and characters. Log on to NGSCSports.com. Find the Alicia's Pillows and Things tab on the homepage and place your order until next week folks stay safe stay smart and go for the win